0: He was naked, running around the graves, cutting himself with stones, and unable to be subdued. This is the picture that Mark 5 shows of a man who was possessed by a demon. Uh, It's one of the classic stories in the Gospels. Uh, It's it's where we get the idea of lesion. This man had a lesion of demons. And uh, in this town, just just outside the city gate, this man was, was trapped in himself. That there were, there were outside forces that were forcing him into a corner, and he was left for years suffering, being deformed out of the image of God that he was made in, naked, walking among the graves, cutting himself with stones, and unable to be subdued by chains. And that, I think, is a really a, a, point, a pointed picture of what addiction is. And I don't mean to say that all addiction is demonic at its core, although I would argue that much of it may be. But addiction is this reality of of something outside of us that seems to have a, a control that we can't get out from under. And it deforms us in a lot of different ways. It feels like we in this addiction cannot be subdued. And we continue to have this banquet among the graves that is slowly killing us, Slowly deforming us and separating us from others and from God. And so, addiction is one of the most difficult things to talk about in this series. Because, one, there's a lot of arguments around uh, what addiction is, whether it's, uh, you know, in the Christian world, it, is it purely sin or is it also a disease? Is it also. Uh, something chemical going on in the brain and I think those two categories are are really truncated and ultimately unhelpful when we just say It's just this or it's just that there's there's a complex mix of, uh, of Chemical imbalances and of disease in our minds and brains and of sinful idolatrous hearts So addiction is not a simple topic to just simply lay over some platitudes of hey, just try a little bit harder Addiction is a complex topic, but it's not too complex for God to come in and bring some relief. And so we want to talk about addiction today, and and specifically, first, you know, we we don't need to talk about what is addiction, I think that's relatively clear, but really, what does addiction do to us? Well, Well, first, addiction begins to deform us out of the image of God that we were made in. You see, in Genesis 1 and 2, there's this picture of of God creating human beings to be his viceroys in creation, to go forth in the world, to be fruitful and to multiply, to subdue the earth and fill it. This cultural mandate of go and do and create and be free to, to, to bring about culture and life into the world. We were made to be the viceroys of creation, but what addiction does is it deforms us into a slave. You see, if we were meant to be free and to go forth and to create and to love and to fill the earth, then addiction binding us in ourselves or binding us to some specific substance deforms us out of that image of God. It makes us into men and women who are no longer reflecting back to God and to the world what God is like, but rather Again, that homo insane incurvatus, curving in of the, of, the, of the human soul. We are deformed inwardly and we are enslaved. We are no longer viceroys of creation, but slaves to it. And not only that, not only does addiction uh, enslave us and deform us out of the image of God, <clears throat> but also addiction begins to give us this feedback loop that, that we've talked about in this series about shame, that seems unstoppable, unbeatable. You see, when we continue to give ourselves to something that is destructive and that, that uh, is separating us from others and from God, we are continually and continually and continually getting a feedback loop of impossibility. That this thing, this addiction, this substance is something that I cannot live without but I do hate it. You see, I think very few people who are, who are addicts actually love what they are addicted to. They might love it in their body, they might love it in, their, in the chemistry in their brain, but really there's a disdain for the slavery that they are existing in. And so we begin to uh, have this feedback loop of, uh, we need this, it's impossible, but also I hate this, and that creates this, this vacuum of shame in which self-hatred flourishes. You see, for my own story, nothing has made me hate myself to, to say things about myself, to again say a narrative about myself that is more violent and hateful than addiction. And the addictions that I've walked through in life Those things have brought with it some self-talk and some narratives that have continually cut out from under me any sense of dignity, any sense of value, and any sense of hope. Addiction deforms us out of the image of God and makes us into slaves. And from that slavery, we are walking in this story of self-hatred, of why can't I get it together? Why can't I seem to get out from under this? And when we feel like that's impossible to get out from under this substance, this this thing that we hate, then we turn that hate in on ourselves. And so addiction is, is complex and it is destructive. But as we've seen all throughout the series, there is real hope that the God of the Bible can bring. And specifically in this topic of addiction, I think looking at the steadfastness of God gives the addict hope. And so what do I mean by the steadfastness of God? Really just simply, I just mean the, the againness of God. That, that God is, is working in the world and he's working in our life and he's doing it in consistent ways. He's working toward us. He's, he's disposed toward us in consistent ways. The againness of God means that He does not change. As Hebrews 13.8 says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That there is a consistency in God of who He is, of how He thinks of you, and how He acts towards you. That is His, his steadfastness, His againness, that there is this this settled resolve in God to be toward you what He has decided to be toward you no matter where you're at. No matter how you're struggling. No matter how addicted you are. No matter matter how enslaved you are. That there is a settled, I want to say that again, settled resolve in God to be toward you what He has already decided to be toward you. A God of love, a God of mercy and compassion. The againness of God can give us hope. And it gives us hope because when we are in addiction, we are constantly living in the inconsistency of our own strength, of our own moral failures, or our own moral uh, wins, you know. We might be doing good for a while and then we have a, the, we experience the pain of a relapse. There is this inconsistency in our lives. But when there's someone greater outside of us in in God who is consistent, then that actually gives us hope. You see, the addict needs consistency. (laughs) Whether it's consistency in the relationship of another human being who's consistently there, who's consistently being loving, or more importantly, the consistency of God to go to him and know that no matter what my week has looked like, no matter what my month, year, decade has looked like, I can run to God and I can trust that though there's been much change in me, that in me there's been a lot of jostling of going back and forth, back and forth, it's not true of God. He's remained the same. He is the rock of settled love and compassion for you. We need that consistency when we are in addiction. We need that, that, that constancy. We need someone who we can run to no matter what our week or day has looked like and believe that we're going to receive the same thing that we have in the past. You see, when we have the, the constant smiles, of a steadfast God who is not moved, who is not moved, whose disposition towards you is not disturbed based off of how you're doing, those consistent, constant smiles of a loving, steadfast God begin to unravel that deformity of addiction. And yes, there's certain things outside that can help Of course, there are certain things that uh, might help us, whether it's an addiction specialist or certain things that we set up in our lives. But ultimately, those chains, uh, those things that we seek to subdue ourselves by these outside means, ultimately will not be enough. What we need is a place to go. (laughs) A place to go where we are loved, where we are cared for all the same, no matter how consistently failing we are, no matter how inconsistent we are in our obedience. We need the steadfastness of God. You see, that steadfastness of God begins to uh, create in us a new feedback loop. When we go to God and we receive again love and compassion, kindness and mercy, that creates a new feedback loop that begins to undo that self-hatred and friends, self-hatred drives addiction so much. I can tell you from my personal story, self-hatred is a driver of addiction of, well, I am just this way, so I might as well destroy myself with this substance. But when we get a new feedback loop of dignity and of love and of compassion, of a consistently steadfast God, we can begin to receive again and hear from Him the consistent story of who we really are in Jesus Christ. We can begin to have a real feast on the love and grace of God rather than this banquet in the grave called addiction. The steadfastness of God provides consistency for the addict, provides an outside source that that is not moved or disturbed by our own failings, an outside source that we can run to that will be the same And that gives us hope. That slowly begins to unfold and undo the the feedback loop that keeps us in addiction. The ways in which we think this substance, this thing, is all that I really have. That, That narrative begins to be undone. And we see that, no, what we really have, what we have above all else, is a God who is consistent, a God who is powerful, who is able. Friends, don't think that God's not able to bring you up out of addiction. As the Psalms say, that God is the God who, who breaks the bars of iron, who breaks the, the bronze shackles. He's able to break what feels impossible. He's able to undo what feels undefeatable. God is powerful, and that power is consistently, steadfastly directed towards you in love for your flourishing no matter where you're at. There's no pit too deep. There's no inconsistent feedback loop too strong in which God cannot speak a consistent word of love and grace that slowly begins to undo us away from this addiction, away from this substance to see that this isn't really where life is found, but in God. A steadfast God can bring us deep hope, can undo the the hooks of addiction, and He is our hope in all things. And that's what I want to close out this series just by saying, friends, that you have a God who is consistent, who is there, and who sees you. Run to him, look to him, and watch as he slowly undoes the chains of addiction, the burdens of our mental health issues, and begins to form us back into the image that he made us in, of life, love, and even an addiction, and freedom.